Good morning to you all. Good morning. What happens when you leave fruits and vegetables out for a long time? First of all, they will usually turn limp, soft, and discolor. Eventually, they will go bad, becoming moldy and rot. Accompanying the degeneration process is the offensive smell characteristic of rottenness. So most fruits and vegetables go bad because of damage caused by microorganisms, such as uh, bacteria and mold, enzymatic processes or bruising. The microorganisms speed produce deterioration through structural decay. Microorganisms such as bacteria and mold release their own enzymes as they grow, speeding up the spoiling process. Enzymes which occur naturally in live fruits and vegetables are part of the natural aging process. Enzymatic browning leads to discoloration and later spoilage. Bruising physically alters the exterior of your fruits and vegetables, which trigger enzymatic reactions. We have a hot summer this year. When our children came to visit us, we have to keep the house cool all the time for their comfort, but more importantly for the sake of the grandchildren. Two of them have skin problems that can flare up in warmer temperatures. So I was glad that we replaced the valve on the air conditioner two years ago, and the unit was holding up to its duty. In other words, regular maintenance pay off. A few years ago, I noticed that our fridge was running all the time, though the weather was considered to be on the cool side of summer. It turned out that the defrost thermostat was not working thus causing the evaporator coil to ice up. Equipments left by themselves usually perform worse as the days go by without proper maintenance. The same thing was happening with the lock of the trunk of my old car as it started to act up a few years back. Sometimes I can open it, and uh, sometimes I cannot open it, and sometimes I cannot close it. Maybe the lock needs to be repaired or replaced. I think the mechanic tried to fix it, but eventually replaced it with a new unit. Don't we wish things would last forever? My body is going through the same process of worsening in terms of stamina, endurance, strength, and agility. I get tired more easily. I go for walks instead of jogging. I found that my memory is not as good as before. I started to write things down, but still sometimes I forget where the notes are, or I forget to bring the note with me when I go shopping. The one thing that has happened to me more frequently is when I park my car at the shopping mall and I forgot where I had parked it. I even make it a point to repeat the location and entrance to myself a few times before entering the mall. Life in general appears to be in a downward spiral. Keeping your faith as Christian is an uphill battle. 
Maintaining your walk with God is a constant struggle. Reading God's word regularly seems difficult and challenging. Worshiping God on his appointed day is full of distractions and obstacles. Pleasing God with our everyday lives appears to be an impossible task. Much like gravity, there seems to be a constant downward force dragging us down. Much like the world, there seems to be negativity around every corner. Much like nature, there seems to be disaster lurking in the dark, ready to pounce upon us. Navigating through normal life is hard enough. Navigating through life as Christians is extra difficult. Our principal enemies are self, society and Satan. The old man, the sin nature is very much alive and active, interfering with our choices and decisions, leading us astray. We are to be in the world, but not of the world. The people around us exert great influences on us. They try to subtly mold us into their pattern of behavior. They may force feed us with erroneous thinking through exposures and repetition. The prince of the air is the father of lies and deception, constantly bombarding us with, with events, happening and circumstances to take our gazes off our God, our Lord and Savior. On our way to our final destination lie many obstacles ready to play havoc with our peace, to drag us through the mire of doubts, to demoralize our mind, to put fear in our thinking, and to steal the joy in our hearts. This morning, the title of my message is Dimensions of Degeneration. Degeneration is defined as the process of becoming physically, morally, or mentally worse. I will discuss a few facets of degeneration in our lives. You might have encountered some, or maybe even all of them. While these facets of degeneration cannot be avoided, they must be recognized for what they are. They are transient, they are temporary, and at the conclusion, I will give you the five Ds to deliver you from despair to delight. A single spark can start a great big forest fire. What seems to be small and insignificant matter can lead to destructive disaster. Every summer, extra precautions are taken to prevent forest fire, especially with drought conditions. It is debatable whether the tongue is the strongest muscle in the body, but definitely it is small. However, the scripture among, uh, admonish us to watch what we say. James 1.26 If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Beware of potential damages and disaster the tongue might bring. James chapter 3, verse 5 to 8. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire hindereth. 
and the tongue is a fire, a well of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the cause of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beast, and of birds, and of serpents, and of things in the sea, is tame, and have been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Sin usually starts with something that is small, innocent, fun, and pleasurable. Once it takes a foothold of you, it will infiltrate your vulnerable areas and begin its insidious journey inward until it consumes your entire being. You may start out with a small lie. In order to cover up the first small lie, you need to lie again until the lie gets bigger and better to mask the truth. The scripture warns us against the direction of sin from bad to worse. Psalm 1.1 Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Though the verse encourages us not to sin, notice the progression of the sinner from the outskirt of sinfulness to the very heart of sin. First he walks, then he stands, and he finally he sits. I believe there are three levels of degeneration. There are, there are degenerations that invade our mind. There are degenerations that infest our emotion. And there are degenerations that influence our action. When we go from one level to the next, it goes from bad to worse. So the first level of degeneration, deflated, derailed, and discontent. Have you ever felt deflated? There's no bounds in your step. There's no enthusiasm in your service. There's no pep in your effort. There's a little desire to do anything. To combat that, the deflated feeling, we need to read Isaiah 40, verse 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Have you ever felt life has been derailed? You meant to attend church regularly, but often other things preempt the services. You meant to show up for Bible studies, but other things take higher priorities. You meant to help out at the church, but it was a struggle to get out of bed. You meant to read your Bible daily, but the weather was perfect for garden work. You meant to pray for others, but the program on TV was very interesting. You meant to hide God's word in your heart, but you just can't find the time. To fight off the derailed feeling, we need to meditate on Matthew 26, verse 41. Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. 
Have you ever felt discontent with what is happening around you? Your work life is good, but your boss and co-workers are giving you lots of trouble. Your family life is good, but it seems to be always missing something. Your church life is good, but there are so few members. Your school life is good, but you have not achieved your best. Your social life is good, but more new friends would be nice. The list can go on and on to battle the discontent feeling. We need to ponder on Hebrew 13 verse 5. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. The second level of degeneration, discouraged, defeated, and distressed. Have you ever felt discouraged? You spend a lot of time telling others about Christ, but nobody seems to care. You pray for your family's salvation for a long time, but there seems to be no change. You work hard to memorize God's word, but you cannot remember a few months later. Gave spiritual books to your loved ones, but they didn't even care to read them. Don't be discouraged when you serve. Prepare to serve. Leave the results to God. First Corinthians chapter three, verse six and seven. I have planted Apollo water, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything. Neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Have you ever felt defeated? You try so many times to deal with the same problem, and it still haunts you. You love others as Christ loves you, and all you face is rejection and ridicule. You gave your all to serve the Lord, but there is no acknowledgement, no appreciation. No encouragement and no feedback. Don't feel defeated when you sin. First John one nine. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Don't feel defeated when you serve. Colossians three twenty three and twenty four. And whatsoever ye do. Do it heartily, as to the Lord, and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. Have you ever felt distress? Your children were suspended from schools because they don't agree with evolution. You lost your job because you refused to lie for your employer. You are being persecuted. Because of your belief, your church was being desecrated or burned down, and there were no threat to your. There were more threats to your family. Don't be distressed. God promised to deliver us. Psalm ninety-one, verse fourteen to sixteen. Because He hath set His love upon me, therefore will I deliver Him. I will set Him on high, because He hath known my name. He shall call upon me, 
and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Learn from the Apostle Paul how to deal with difficult situations. Philippians chapter 4, verse 11 to 13. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am in, therewith to be content. I know how both how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. The third level of degeneration, defiant, disobey, and dethrone. Please pay attention to the last level of degeneration. When we have reached this level, alarm bells should go off. We are treading in dangerous water. We are standing in hazardous territory. While the first two levels deal with our mind and emotion, this level deals with our action. Have you ever been defiant? You shake your fist at God, defying His authority. You don't want God to be in charge of you anymore. You are angry with Him because your requests have not been granted. You are mad at Him because you don't get your ways. Don't be a spoiled child. Have you ever disobeyed? You want to be in charge. God wants you to go east, but you will head west. God commands you to stay away from certain things, but you indulge in those things. God tells you to be the light of the world and salt of the earth, but you live your life in darkness and despair. God commands that he has the preeminence, but you put him in the lowest rank. Don't be a rebel. Have you ever dethroned God from your heart? Instead of God sitting in the throne room of your heart, self is sitting there. God forbid. Satan has dethroned God from his heart. Don't be like Satan. Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12 to 14. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground? which did weaken the nations. For thou hast said in thy heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Satan will be in prison for a thousand years. Revelation chapter 20 Verse 1, to 3. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him 
that he should de deceive the nations no more, till the thousand years should be fulfilled, and after that he must be loose a little season. Satan will be cast into the lake of fire. Revelation 20, verse 7 to 10. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison, and shall go out to deceive the nation which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And they went up on the breadth of the earth, and encompassed the, the camp of the saints about, and the beloved city, and fire came down from God out of heaven, and devoured them. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophets are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. In order to combat the various levels of degeneration, we need to stick to the follow, following principle, plan, and process. The first thing we need to do is to disconnect from sin. By God's grace, do everything in our power to avoid sinning, to resist temptation when they are presented to us, to confess our sins to God and ask for His forgiveness, to pick ourselves up after we fall rather than dwell on our mistakes, faults, and sins. Deal thoroughly with sin in our lives is of the highest priority and utmost importance. We cannot approach God with impure hearts and unclean hands. Psalm 24, verse 3 and 4. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity lost one deceitfully. The second thing we need is to devote our lives to Him. We are to serve Him, we are to love Him, we are to focus on Him, we are to live for Him, we are to worship Him. Philips, Philippians 1.21 for to, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And also Colossians 3 23 and 24. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily, as to the Lord and not unto man, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance. For ye serve the Lord Christ. Hebrews 12 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. John 8, 29, And he that sent me, he is with me. The Father hath not left me alone. For I do always those things that please him. The third thing we need to, the third thing we need is to depend on him in every aspect of our lives. It doesn't matter whether we are rich or poor, it doesn't matter whether we are professionals or blue-collar workers. It doesn't matter whether we are in position of authority or serving others. We depend on God for our existence. 
We depend on God for our strength, and we depend on God for our wisdom. We depend on God for our resources, and we depend on God for our spiritual growth. Psalm 20, verse 7. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. John 15, 5. I'm the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. About Matthew eleven twenty nine, Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your soul. Proverbs 3, 5 and, 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lead not unto thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Finally, first Peter five seven. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. The fourth thing we need is to dwell in him. We need to spend time in his presence. We need to spend time to know him. We need to spend time to learn of his ways. We need to spend time to pray to him. We need to spend time to love him. We need to spend time to worship him. Psalm 46 verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. Any meaningful relationship cannot be established in one single encounter. Knowing God is not a one-time experience. It is a lifelong event. When your mind is free to think of anything, what do you ponder? When your time is free to do anything, what do you do? When your heart is free to love, whom do you choose? 1 John 4.12 No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. And also in 1 John 4.16 And we have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Dwelling in God is not an abstract concept. It is a practical reality. We need to persist and have a stick to it no matter what attitude. We need to persevere and keep on fighting, even under unfavorable circumstances. We need to perfect and try again and again until we get it right. When we have done the first four things, when we have addressed the, four, the first four areas, delighting in God will be the natural result. Reading God's word will be pleasurable and profitable. Psalm 1 verse 2 But his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law does he meditate day and night. Praying to our Heavenly Father becomes second nature and there is no hindrance to our communication. Psalm 37 verse 4 Delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee the desire of thine heart. 
Doing God's will is the order of every day and at any cost to us. Psalm 40 verse 8 I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yeah, thy law is within my heart. Before I finish my sermon, I'm going to leave you with the following verses for you to meditate on during this week regarding regeneration, renewal, and transformation. Titus 3.5 Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Finally, 2 Corinthians 4.16 For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed. Day by day. Steve, can I ask you to close in prayer? And then we will sing uh, hymn 527, Teach Me Thy Way, O Lord, for closing. Father, we thank you so much for the word of God that we have in our very hands even this day. We thank thee, Lord, that thou hast divinely preserved it so that we can be assured that every word of it is truth. But, Father, we if we are honest, we are ashamed to confess that we do not study it as often as we ought. And when we study it, we don't study it with heartfelt conviction. And so, Father, we pray that even today, this message that was delivered to us through thy servant, Chris, will find an entrance in our hearts and that we might desire to get to know thee more and more each day to be able to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our blessed Savior, to realize that without Christ we are nothing and we have nothing, and to realize that one day we shall stand before thee face to face and give an account of how we have lived for thee. O oh, Father, we pray that we might be as a group, as a nation, be brought back to our first love once again. For we ask it all in his name and for his glory. Amen. Yeah,